Hey everyone, welcome to the Craft Hot Sauce Podcast. This is your host, Brian Rollman, uh, here with another episode, and our guest today is Paula Horn from River City Flame, a craft hot sauce company in Richmond, Virginia. So you'll hear all about Paula's travels, which actually led her to lead a business, which was the last thing that she thought she was going to be doing. Um, so I really enjoyed this episode and having a conversation with Paula and hope you uh, enjoy the episode and get to try her sauces as well. But first, this episode is brought to you by Anton Parr. Craft hot sauce makers, you work so hard to make that recipe perfect and when you finally master it, you need to keep it consistent, which is hard to do as a food product. One of the most important elements of hot sauce is viscosity. Simply put, how easily your hot sauce pours out of the bottle and the thickness of the sauce. If you're not tracking your sauce's viscosity, you can't guarantee a consistent experience. We've all had those moments when a sauce is too thin and you end up putting half the bottle on your plate. Uh, and we've also had a sauce that's way too thick. The Visco QC from Anton Parr is the industry leading standard quality control viscometer for major food companies, but it's also the easiest to use. Even if you have no scientific background like me, the Visco QC can be set up in minutes, and before you know it, you'll be using the same viscometer used by big brand competition. You know your hot sauce is perfect, so with Visco QC from Anton Parr, you can be sure that's perfect for everyone else too. To learn more about Anton Parr and the Visco QC, find the link in the show notes for this episode. And now taking us into the episode is the Cambridge, Massachusetts band Twisted Pine with Right Now. The song is used with permission and you can find more about Twisted Pine at twistedpine.com. The whole song will be played at the end of the episode. Let's go. Do you really want to talk about it right now? I get the feeling you don't Thank you so much for, for coming on the podcast and, and being here this afternoon. My pleasure. Um, we were just talking about some, some kittens that you, you might you be hearing in the background uh, as they're going and, and, and learned that uh, you, you had some, some animals yourself that uh, you, you actually uh, got one of them uh, across your travels in, in Germany. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, like I said, he passed away a few years ago. He's about 19, if I remember right. He was 19 or 20. Never wow. had a cat that lasted that long, but you know, he was—he was part of my family. He traveled with me. Oh, and I—I I really do have an animal in the house. Yeah. Got to the point now where it's like you come in and see, and I can hang out with you for—I can even foster one. Then you go. Yeah, yeah. I don't, so, I don't feel like cleaning litter boxes anymore. Yeah, no, that that's uh, <laughs> that is a job, and you don't want to get behind that one. Uh, yeah, I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah, yeah. So did, uh, I'm curious, uh, did, where where did you grow up, and, and did you have uh, kind of pets and animals growing up? Yeah, I actually grew up uh, in Virginia, in okay. Williamsburg. I grew up in Williamsburg, and um, we had there were um, four of my four kids in my family, and there were everything from dogs to cats. We had a hamster at one time. They were my brothers, not mine. Um, <laughs> we had fish. Uh, and one of the brothers had turtle. Wow. Yeah. And, and they were, you know, 
the dogs and the cats. Yeah, that was about it. That was enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. I, so I, I'm sure with uh, kind of four kids and all those animals, did, uh, mm-hmm. did you have to take on your own responsibility for for your own? No, pets? no, no. The camp, the, the animals, they were all of our responsibilities except for the hamster. Uh, the hamster and the turtle were specifically my brothers. The cats. Okay. You see, there's two girls, two boys, and the cats were my sisters. My sister and mine. Yeah, that's how we worked it out. And the fish was all about. We all had to feed the fish. Okay. Yeah. 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 It worked out. It worked out. Nice. No, I, I think that's always fun having the, the share responsibility and just having those uh, extra animals around the house that can definitely liven up, liven up the house. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, Paul, I know you you served in in the military. Um, was that something you were interested in uh kind of when you were uh kind of in high school and and kind of thinking about um well, kind father, of a career yeah my father was was uh very military and uh we didn't do a lot of traveling with him because he was he retired a few years our early years so he retired early but i always wanted to do that because he used to talk about it i always wanted to go into the service and uh, I did. I, I just decided that that's what I was going to do when I got out of college year. So that's what I did. I went on, um, I was on reserve duty for a couple of years and then went on active duty to see whether I liked it or not. And uh, I did. So, yeah. Yeah. And I went in there expecting to stay for a couple of years. Okay, I'll do this, come back out and finish college and do those other little fun things. I ended up retiring from the service. <laughs> I loved wow. it so much. Wow. I ended up staying, got my degree while I was there, and I just, I didn't want to leave. So, yeah, it worked out really well for me. Uh, wow. So, you spent your, your whole career uh, and retired from the military. That's uh, amazing, and, and thank you for your, your service. Yeah, it was fun. It really was. I mean, I had some issues at the time, but <laughs> part, it, was, it was really a uh, uh, an incredible experience. I grew up a lot while I was in the service. I did. I admit it. I grew up a lot, learned a lot, and uh, got to travel and meet a lot of people and just, awesome. you know. What was one of your, your first uh, places that you, you traveled outside of, of the U.S.? Germany. That okay. Was the, yeah, that was the first place that I went to. And it was a town, a little, the, the base was probably had about 65 or 70 people on it. It was tiny, really tiny. And I fell in love with Germany by being there at that little tiny base, in that little tiny town that was around it. Oh, it was absolutely wonderful. Wow. Um, what yeah, were that, some that of was, your favorite memories of, oh, of the spot? Just, it, it was so cold. I love I love the cold. I had never experienced cold like that. Um, the snow was up to my knees, wow. but we had so much fun doing things. The weather never stopped us from doing things, from going to festivals and standing outside in the cold, drinking wine, hot wine. Oh, it was, just, <laughs> it was wonderful. You know, even, you know, I, I, like I said, I've always loved the cold. I've never had a problem. I could live in Alaska. Being there, it's a different type of cold. And, you know, when you're sleeping at night and you and you don't have the heat on so much, you know, it's just, you breathe so much easier because it's mm. that chill in the air. It's just, I love it. I, every time I think about it, plus the food and the beer doesn't, ha- doesn't hurt either. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah. Um, it, it was so, fun. So how long were you in Germany for? Um, well, it depends because when I say depends, I spent um, my first two years in Germany and then I left, went to another assignment and then came back and spent three more years, four more years in Germany or three more years in Germany. And then um, I left, I went on embassy duty. So I, my, my last assignment was in Germany for four more years. Wow. So okay. All nice. together, that was about eight or nine years, something like that. All together. Wow. Yeah. So I, I uh, actually, my first podcast that I ever did uh, was recorded in in Germany, um, and and the second. Um, uh, wow. So yeah, I was I spent five days in Berlin um, when when I was wow. living in Ireland, and oh, oh man, every single meal. Uh, was just unbelievable. But uh, did, do you have any particular favorite types of, of food uh, that, that you miss today? Well, the, the foods that I miss in Germany, I mean, you can still get them here, but not the same thing. They're French yeah. fries. The pumpkins, oh. what they call they Nobody makes French fries like the Germans. Nobody. <laughs> and they have this, um, it's called, uh, um, it's mayonnaise, basically, but it's a thick, you know, you, you remember it when you were, yep. you were in Berlin. That is the only way to eat French fries. Yeah, yeah. And then they had the, the, the currywurst, oh, which yeah. was the curry sausage. Those, I loved it. Loved, loved the food there. Loved it. Loved it. And the schnitzel. Yeah, yeah. See, you're making me hungry. Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> me too. I, I, I didn't mean to, to, we might have to take a snack break, but uh, unfortunately, I don't think that'll... Uh, yeah. But yeah, the, I, I loved the food there. I just did The beer was good. The wines were good. I just, I, you know, just being there in the summertime, the wintertime is by far, I could say, the best time to be there. Um, Christmas is really when you feel, oh, gosh, lovely. I mean, I, I think there is something when you travel that you, you have, uh, everything just feels a little bit more magical because, like, you're, you're experiencing something yeah. for the first time. But the Christmas in, in Europe, it, like, I mean, I guess that it, it's really big in America and everything, but it, it has a yeah. different feel to it. And I, I think it's something with like the Christmas mm -hmm. markets mm -hmm. and just the excitement and bus people bustling yeah. and just uh, being able to kind of yeah. soak it in. I, I think that's something that's, that's beautiful about traveling, especially oh, yeah. in the winter months. Yep. Yep. Christmas. That's it. But yeah, I did. I, um, I yeah. enjoyed my, my career and, uh, I was in Hong Kong for three years as well. And that was where I started with my business. And I really didn't start the business there, but that's how I ended up. Let's just say I started in Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. And the fact that I had, you know, was going to these different restaurants and, you know, they'd have the, uh, this condiment on the table and one particular restaurant that I always was going to um, by the time I left there, I'm saying four years, I was, I was a regular at that restaurant. And if you've never been to Hong Kong, Haven't. you could go to a different restaurant. Say I'm there for four years. You could go to a different restaurant every day and never hit the same restaurant twice. Yeah. That's just how many restaurants are in that place. Wow. I mean, it's just, and I never had a bad meal. <laughs> Not once. <laughs> <laughs> never did. But, um, so yeah, the one restaurant that I was always go to at the, when I got ready to leave, um, 
I knew the chef and the workers. I just knew everybody there because, as I said, I was a regular. And uh, they knew how much I loved the condiment that was on the table. So the, the chef gave me the recipe. Oh, wow. Yeah, he did. He gave me the recipe and, uh, you know, actually gave me a signed copy of the menu. And I still have that to this day because it was such a, a, a treasure. It really was for them to do that. So um, anyway, when I came back to the States, the uh, it was probably about six, seven years later because after I left Hong Kong, I went to the embassy in Bonn, Germany. Okay. So I still had to do my assignment there. Yeah. So once I left there and came back home, I decided I was going to see about making that sauce. Okay. Yeah. Just because well, you, you you love it, and and uh, I think it's it's always fun to like I think kind of widen your uh, repertoire of making oh, foods. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, it was easier said than done. <laughs> I grew the peppers. No problem with growing the peppers. Um, what, what, what jalapeno. Pep okay. Yeah, jalapeno and habanero peppers. Not a problem with growing them. Yeah. But the other ingredients, I ended up going to so many um, oriental stores and specialty shops trying to find these ingredients. I mean, the list was about as long as my arm. Wow. <laughs> it really was. So... 15 plus ingredients? No, not quite that okay. many. I'd say it was about 10 or so. It was wow. about 10 ingredients. Yep. The fact was that a lot of them, and I didn't realize it, the, the guy, the chef told me that. He said, he told me I may not be able to find some of them in the States. And he was correct. He was right. I couldn't find some of them here. I would go to the, the specialty shops and talk to the, the workers in there and the managers and stuff. And they said, man, where did you get this? not get this here in the states you won't find it here and, well, and were okay. what kind of ingredients were those were those like kind of spices or, or some were, sort of roots and yes some of some sort of roots some kind of different types of roots and things like that um it, it wasn't a big part of the recipe yeah. but they used them um so the the people that i spoke to said well let's look at this and you know Let's see if we can substitute it. So that's what they did. They, they substituted some of the ingredients. But after I tried to use those ingredients, they, they just didn't work. It didn't taste the same. And they, it just, just was something missing. Yeah. So I went back to the, to the Asian stores that I went to, and they would tell me, say, hey, all right, let's try this. Let's try this. So it was a trial and error thing for quite a while. Was that was that sauce that you, uh, that you were kind of going after? Was that kind of a, a type of sauce uh, in Hong Kong, or was that something unique to the the restaurant? No, it wasn't really. I don't think it was quite so unique to the restaurant. All of the restaurants had the sauce. Okay, they all had it, but there was a unique flavor to each one of the restaurants. It was basically the same sauce, but there was something different. In, in each restaurant that you would go to. <laughs> okay. So um, this particular one was the one that I really loved. So I, I ended up uh, uh, substituting some of the ingredients and I got it down to four ingredients. Wow. Yeah, including the peppers. <laughs> including the peppers. Which include, has habanero and jalapeno still? Yes. Okay, and, nice. And, and honey uh, and banana sauce. Banana sauce. <laughs> banana sauce it's a philippine condiment sort of like ketchup huh. and it has some of the ingredients that we couldn't find in the store 
Okay. It has some of that in, those ingredients in it. And it has the flavor is almost, I'd say it's about 80% the same sauce. Okay. Close enough for government work is how I say yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, but yeah, it, it tastes the same. And I have to admit, it came out really well. And there was, as I said, it was a lot of trial and error because I was doing all kinds of stuff for years trying to figure out, okay, why doesn't this taste the same? What, what am I doing different? What do I need to do? So uh, I finally perfected it probably about maybe five years later because it took a while wow. um, for me to perfect it. Because, I mean, I wasn't doing it full time. I was growing the peppers and, you know, and then I ended up eating the peppers without making the sauce. And so I thought, well, these were for my sauce. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah. so five years. Wow. Well, that's um, good on you for, for keeping it going and, and uh, trying to, to get yeah. there because uh, I, I feel like that can be tough when you, you haven't gone there in so long and just trying to think about kind of the, the memory of the food. Um, but mm -hmm. so in that five-year span, you were obviously the goal was to, to make the hot sauce, but were you thinking about this as, as a business? No, not at all. I was thinking of it as, as just making the sauce and enjoying it. I never even dawned on me to have it as a business, not even once. Wow. Um, so, so when was that moment that it? Oh it, my gosh. This, this was, um, it's, I was, it was about 10 years. And I say this because I was doing so many other things and making it, I had gotten so that I'd made it and it tasted really good. I had folks who loved it. So I would give it to them. You know, I was giving it away to friends for gifts and things like that. And when I'd go to uh, barbecues, I'd always have it. And everybody says, okay, you got to bring your sauce. You got to bring your sauce. <laughs> so only, uh, I guess about three or four years ago, I had decided I wasn't going to do any more work. I was going to retire. This was it. Let me move on. And a friend of mine said, well, you know, Paula, you're going to, you're, you're giving this sauce away. You really should seriously think about, you know, making a business, having it as a business. And that's when I really started thinking about it. And said, so, well, I'm going to, I'm retiring. Why not? I, I can do this full time. Yeah. So I, I just decided to go for it. And that's what I did. I just, you know, I did some research, you know, to, to find my target market and do all those things like that. And I did, I had, I had a lot of learning to do to get the business up and running because I yeah. wanted to do it correctly. I wanted to do it right. Um, and uh, yeah, I, that's, that's hard work. I said the first year, I didn't do a whole lot except uh, research. Okay, that, that's good. Research and things like that and trying to decide if this really was something that I wanted to do. And then the second year, I thought, yeah, well, this is, really, this is it. Yeah, let's go for it. Yeah. Wow. And uh, that's when I decided to trademark my name and <laughs> had that issue. Everything was going well with that until uh, a, a certain company decided that they didn't like the fact that I was going to trademark my name and came after me. Chili's Restaurant. It was called Chili Richmond was the name of my business. Yes. Yeah. And you talk about hurt my heart. It just upset me to no end thinking, oh my gosh, people. Look at you. What are you doing? Why are you doing this? Yeah. Do you mind kind of sharing a little bit more just for some well, of the details? Uh, you well, know. The, the fact is that when I decided to trademark it, I did the research. Um, my Chili was spelled C-H-I-L-L-I, -L -L -I, the British spelling. Yep, yep. That, wasn't, that was not trademarked. Richmond was not either. 
I mean, that's the, the it just was not. Yeah. And that's why I went on with it. I, th- that was the main reason I did that. I was thinking, okay, well, then this is good. Nobody has this name. Everything's. The fact is, though, I found out that even though nobody has the name Chili Richmond, it is implied with Chili's restaurant because they have the trademark on every spelling of Chili. And I'm thinking, how can you do that? How can you trademark a simple word like this? So <laughs> it just, it boggles my mind. Yeah. So, and, and I mean, I, I think that's something we were discussing earlier that you, you uh, I think you, your attorney mentioned that you, you can fight this, yes, but yes. Um, it, it's, it's not, you can at, fight it at a cost. At a cost. And they told me that, yes, you could fight it. And see, Chili's restaurant knew that. Sure, they knew I could fight it, but I didn't have any money either. They knew that. Um, well, I, I guess they, I'm sure they knew it because I'd only been in business a year or so. So it wasn't as though I had the type of funds that they had. But um, yeah, and it, and it really, like I say, it upset me so bad because we had gotten down to the last part. Everything was all taken care of. I mean, it had been registered everything was good to go two weeks out yeah i would have had that trademark wow yeah. so so yeah i was in, in the think it's that for the waiting period yeah. for, for people it, to, it was yeah. it took about a year it was the whole year yep and then two yeah. weeks out that's when everything hit the fan <laughs> Wow. Well, I mean, you is you you mentioned you had done a lot of research, and I'm I'm sure. Uh, where were some of the the places that you, you started? Because well, well, that might be kind of a hit on kind of losing your name, losing the mm-hmm. the brand that you like kind of self-identify with, and put so much time into it. I'm sure there's a lot of research that allowed you to kind of pivot pretty quickly soon after that. Well. Um, when I first started off, I was the cottage food, which means that I did not, as yep. long as I didn't, well, you are, you're aware of this, as long as I didn't sell it in stores or anything, only on um, in farmer's markets and things like that. That's what I started off doing. And then while I was doing that, I realized that, you know, I can I get all of my certifications and do the things that I need to do in order to get it on shelves because folks were asking me, okay, what, what store are you in? You know, when I was in the yeah. farmer's market, are you in such a such store? You should be in such a such store. You should be this. I thought, okay, well, let's try that. So that's what I did. I, I did the research there and um, got my inspections. At, I used a, a, a commercial kitchen out in Farmville. Um, and I really, I really loved being out there. Only thing was, it was an hour drive from here. Oh, um, my yeah, goodness. But still, it was wow. good because yeah. that is where I learned how to make my product mm-hmm. you know i it's it's completely different from doing it in your kitchen in a yep. commercial kitchen you have the right equipment and i'd also had someone there to show me what needed to be done how it that, that, that's so invaluable to have that kind of guide yes. w- with you yes. along the way yes so so what were uh i'm, I'm always curious because everybody uh that has a hot sauce company started at a batch when you probably made mm-hmm. 10 bottles yeah. <laughs> and yep. now and then you get to the point where it's over a hundred mm-hmm. so what were um so some of those kind of adjustments and and lessons learned i know for me that recording the measurements and consistent yes. uh 
measurements and weights was huge and something where I, I think my first recipe is like uh, four, four apples, a handful of cilantro, three grams of salt. And it just like, it had all different measurements. And I was, so that was my lesson. But I, I don't know if as you were kind of going from kind of in your house to commercial mm-hmm. kitchen and, and getting on the shelves, if there were some big realizations that you had. Well, uh, the measurement, yeah, (laughs) that was it. That was basically it because um, I started out the same as you. I'd make 10 or 15 jars at home. And and I realized that, you know, I really need to be measuring what I'm doing. I have to think about this. And so I started paying attention to what I was doing before I went to the commercial kitchen because before I went there, I had to go and – and get all of my um, process authority and all of that good stuff. Yeah. That's when I had to sit down and think, okay, am, am I using one and a half tablespoon of such and such or a couple of cups of this? Okay, so if I need this, so how much is this going to make? That, that's the biggest, that was my biggest issue right there, making sure that I was making the correct amount. I was putting the correct amount into the sauce so that it would still be the same sauce regardless of whether I made 10 jars yep. or 10,000 jars. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't gotten to the 10,000 jars. <laughs> to, that's be, fine. To, to be, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah that's to a be whole, continued. yeah, to be continued, <laughs> but that, that's a whole different operation. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Well, yeah. I'm sure like there are some, some things that you, you may laugh about now that maybe weren't so so funny uh, what while they were happening in the moment, but do you have any kind of uh, stories that stick out as maybe failures in the moment, but lessons kind of that you now reflect on? Um, I think, well, nothing really serious because I'm still <laughs> small batch. You know, yeah. I, I still make it in small batches. You know, I, I've made no more than 700 jars far, you know, and that's a couple times a year. So it's not where I'm at such a large, you know, batch of, of sauce yet. Yeah. But um, I think that really the most, one of the, the, well, it's funny now, but I made a batch when I was at one of my, at my kitchen up in uh, Farmville. And I ran out of sauce. I ran out of the banana sauce. I take, what I would do is take everything that I needed with me. Yep. And I didn't realize until I got there that I had left. And, and when I say when I got there, we were in the process of making the sauce. And I had left, I guess, I guess it was probably a case of the banana sauce sitting here at oh, my house, oh. waiting for me to put it in my vehicle. It was right where I left it when I yep, got back yep. home. So we had to cut the whole thing down. And that just... I'm glad the the lady was with me because I was, I was, I just had no idea what to do. I didn't even, I couldn't even think of how to do that. Yeah. It, it was, like I say, it's funny now, but at the time it was not because I had everything and I had to cut my whole um, process down to less than half. And for me to go all the way out there, it's a whole hour. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It was not a happy. I was not happy. Well, but it was I, my fault. <laughs> I, I never thought that algebra would be a huge 
uh, necessity and hot sauce, but it, it totally is when, when you're making the numbers and you're like, okay, I'm going to shoot for X amount of bottles. This is what I need. Um, and Paula, I'm there right with you. I actually forget something 95% of the time. Uh, my, my fiance is sitting working next to me and she's laughing because she's the one that usually gets the call. Um, and I, I, I fortunately only happen to be a, a mile from the commercial kitchen that I'm at. So oftentimes I've actually, uh, when I've done a cook before, realize I'm out of carrots and have sprinted half a mile to the farmer's market and, and got <laughs> carrots and, and then come back. Um, so that's always nice when there, there's stuff around you, but I, I know banana sauce isn't at every street corner. And you're not going to find it in Farmville. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at all. Farmville, the name of Farmville, you hear that name? Farmville? <laughs> it's a small town. So nice. Yeah. You're not going to find it there. But I do have, I have another commercial kitchen now that I've just started um, a couple of months ago. Uh, it's right here in Richmond. And I love the fact that it's right here. Yeah. Um, 10 minutes away from my house. So if I forget something, it's right. We're good. Yeah. Happy yeah. So, uh, tell me a little bit more about Richmond. I I've never been there, but um, I I've heard great things and uh, kind of curious what it, I think you always get a unique perspective as a business owner um, in the the town or, or city that you're in. So, yeah, I, I moved here. This is not my home. I moved here um, in 2006 and Richmond has always been an up and coming town even it's the capital of Virginia but it's just been they've had some some issues in the last maybe 30 years or so those issues have been quieted down calmed down everybody's moving to Richmond now because of the um, cost of living because it is it's a, a big little small town yeah <laughs> a nice. small little big town or whatever however you <laughs> you have the best of everything we've got so many incredible breweries we've got some I mean it's just it, it's just a, a really nice place to live. It really is. Um, you know, we have the issues like every every other town, but I wouldn't live anyplace else. I just, it's, it's I'm surprised that I've been here as long as I have, because this is the longest I've ever stayed in my life anywhere. Wow, wow. <laughs> that, that's, that's, yeah. yeah but, when I moved here, it was like, okay, I'm going to be here. This is it. That's great. That's great. I'm downtown, right in the city, but you wouldn't know it because there's so many trees around here. I mean, I'm literally in the city, but there's trees around my house. I'm just like I'm in the country. That's great. That's great. Mm -hmm. So your 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 commercial kitchen is now in, in Richmond, and in Richmond. Uh, yep, and it's and this is kind of your third year in, in business. Yes, this is my third year. Awesome, mm -hmm. congratulations. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Um, uh, I'm happy, I'm moving things along, um, getting into more stores, and I like that it's, as I said, it's still small batch, so I'm, I'm looking at just being in certain stores. Yep. You know, I, I want to be in the smaller local stores, and that's what I'm doing. It's, it's working out really well. I'm awesome. Happy. Yeah, because I, I think that that's important to kind of chart your own path because mm -hmm. um, it, it's so, there's so many facets to uh, growing a business and even just producing a, a kind of a food or beverage product. So what I'm curious, like kind of what is that path that you're trying to, to move forward towards? Uh, is that? Well, 
Well, what makes it worth it for me, I think, is the fact that I want to remain small. Yeah. I want to be, when I say small, I want to be in, you know, local stores. I want to be in the little general stores. I want to be in the specialty stores. Um, I, I'm not interested in being in the big stores like Walmart and all of those things. because I really don't want to work harder in my business. I love being doing my business, but I'm, I'm retired. Yeah. And I'm doing this because I'm having fun and because this is what I want to do. And this is, you know, I, I see this as, you know, I'll be in, in quite a few, maybe 30 or 40 stores. They're all small stores, all in the Richmond, maybe North Virginia area. And that's, that's what I want. That's, that's what I like, you know, out in the countries, in the little country parts of Virginia. You know, in those little stores, it's, my product sells well in those little stores. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. that's great. Is that, yeah. your, is that kind of the, your favorite part of it and, and, and the driver? I'm curious if there's kind of times yeah. where, where it, sort it, of, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, Charlottesville is, is a little hour and a half away. So I'm in Charlottesville. I'm in stores in Charlottesville. Uh, I'm going into some smaller stores, like in, in um, before you get to Charlottesville and in, in, um, Lynchburg and places like that. Little touristy towns. I love that. Yeah, I love it. That's yeah. where I want to be. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I, I think the for, for for me personally, I think the the collaborations between local businesses have, have been awesome. But I think it's also the the times at the market where people like try your product or, or come back to you some some mm -hmm. other week. And you're like, oh my god, I have to tell you about this meal with yeah. your hot sauce that kind of put it all together. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'd love to hear about kind of how people describe your hot sauce because it, it is unique um, and kind of influenced from uh, your travels on the other mm -hmm. side of the world. So can you <laughs> kind of share a little bit more about kind of how people describe the sauce? Well, I've been told that, well, you know, you put it, you, you eat it, you put a little taste, you know, just be careful when you taste it, just it starts out so mild. And then next thing you know, Pow! <laughs> and that's what I've heard. I've heard people tell me saying like that. It's like, you know, it started out so well. And then all of a sudden, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> I said, yeah, but it's good though. Isn't it? Yeah, it's good. Because it's sweet. It's a sweet sauce. It's not acidic at all. Um, and, and it has to do with the honey and the banana sauce. So it does. It starts out nice and mild and and then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, my gosh, this really is hot. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that's hot sauce. It's supposed to be. Exactly, yeah. It's supposed to be. So, But people, you know, either like it or you don't. Um, and those that don't, it's because they don't like hot sauce. But everybody that has tried my sauce really do like it. And that's what really makes me feel good about it. Because, you know, I've, I've had... Uh, some folks from all ages, even though some of them are not in my demographic, <laughs> that uh, they still like my sauce. Yeah. They still like it. You know, they, okay, this is good. I'm not a hot sauce person, but you know, this is really good. And that's, that's really makes me feel good. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, 
knowing that you've worked really hard to get where, where you are, but I think also have done a good job of uh, really kind of deciding what you want this to be and, and kind of following that direction. I'm curious if you have uh, some advice for other aspiring hot sauce makers. Well, I, I just, the fact is that if you want to start a business, if you're thinking about doing this, just do it. <laughs> really, yeah. you know, that old Mikey thing, just do it. Just do it. Life is too short. And either you're going to die one day and you're going to think, man, I could have started my hot sauce business. And whether it makes, uh, you know, a hundred million dollars in a couple of years or not, you're going to have fun doing it. Just do what makes you feel good about yourself and about your community or whatever. I mean, you know, we all have our different reasons for going in the business. Mm -hmm. And whatever those reasons are, they're your business, they're your reasons, do it. Just go right ahead and do it. And, and you know, of course, you got to do your research and figure yep. out if this is what you want. But I, I think that, you know, and, and don't let age stop you. Don't even, because I've had so many people say, Paula, you know, you should be retiring. Girl, you should be sitting back. And I said, yeah, I am sitting back. But I'm having fun sitting back retiring, <laughs> doing my hot sauce. I love that. Yeah, it's just, you know, you shouldn't let anything stop you. Yeah, Especially yeah. now with the things that are going on the way they are now, you know, you just, you just need to go ahead and do whatever need you need to do. I love that advice. In your life. Yeah, I, I love that advice, Paula. Thank you for, for that. And, and uh, I feel like uh, when, when you also take that leap, I think people in, in your community will, will, will see that and help you out. And, and I think oh, yeah. that's, that's a, a cool way to... Uh, interact with and get to know your, your community better. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I've had that happen. I've had uh, my community. I've met so many people in the community that I never knew before yeah. I did my business. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's so true. Awesome. Well, Paula, uh, where can the listeners find out more about your hot sauce and, and, and try your hot sauce? I, I know sounds like there's uh, some stores in, in the Richmond mm -hmm. area in Virginia, but uh, yeah. where, where else can, can people find you? Well, uh, I am online. You can purchase some online at um, www.rivercityflame.com. That's my website. Um, I am online. You can buy it from there. Um, and uh, my phone number is there. If you'd like to call and talk to me, ask me any questions about anything, I'm, I'm open to whatever. Awesome. You know? That's wonderful. Yeah. And then I'm in a few stores here in Richmond, as I said, um, in the surrounding area, not just Richmond, Charlottesville, Tappahannock, Rappahannock. I'm getting ready to go into Front Royal and some other places right now. But uh, yeah. Exciting. And yeah, thank you for, uh, for kind of sharing more about your story and Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you doing this. That was Paula Horn of River City Flame in Richmond, Virginia. I hope you enjoyed learning how she got into hot sauce as much as I did. I always enjoy hearing the crazy ways that people uh, get into and get hooked into hot sauce like you and I. Um, if you enjoy this episode and, and want to hear others, be sure to subscribe to the Craft Hot Sauce podcast. A review and rating would be greatly appreciated. But in the meantime, just sit back, listen to the full song of Right Now by Twisted Pine. This song is used with permission, and you can check them out at twistedpine.com. 
In the meantime, take it easy. We'll catch you next time. Our acquaintances since you and I had broken off. We've been gaining trust, patching it up. It's nice that we can be in the same room again. No more awkwardness or glances, but I swear you seem a little bad off. And I'm about to blow your tongue. If you're gonna drink, Talk about it right now I get the feeling You don't know how To be discreet With such a big mouth Do you really want to bring it up Right now oh, no. Really Talk about it right now